those young kids are showing us grown-ups how the world should be because they're out there training and playing together and having fun and having good relationships and doing things together as a team. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University sports podcast, where we talk about the business of sports, and we do it as a team with me and my partner, Joe Fabrito, and our trusty producer, Tom Cerny. Joe, welcome. What's up? Hello, Tom. We are uh, almost, for anybody listening, we're recording this at the end of September, believe it or not. Wow. That's crazy, really crazy. Hard to think about that. Um, there's so much to talk about in the sports business right now. We've got these sports equinoxes going on. We've got the social justice issue, which has been highlighted this week. There's so much, but... We're not going to talk about any of that. Well, no, we're not. No, but we got a really interesting topic, and I want to get right to it because we got very special guests today. Um, and we're going to delve into the world of soccer in the United States and the growth and development of soccer in America, which is an increasingly interesting and active area of the business, I would say, Joe. We've kind of, we've kind of addressed it partially before, but not to the extent we're going to do today. And to do that, we've got two of the um, leading figures in the marketplace right now working on this uh, just in, in, a, in a kind of um, general way, but doing really specific, interesting initiatives right now, which some people listening may be aware of. But we'll use this opportunity to kind of hear that story and, uh, and, and see about what's coming next. Uh, we'll review what's happening right now, but more importantly, as we look towards 2021, where it's all going to go. So let me introduce the guests. Richie Graham is the founder and CEO of Stryker Partners, a private investment firm involved in multiple industry verticals. He's an avid supporter of the sport of soccer in America, and we're going to hear about a lot about that today. Richie's an investor in MLS's Philadelphia Union, where he founded their academy, as well as an affiliated first-of-its-kind not-for-profit high school for elite soccer players. His current activities include four soccer ventures, a new platform and fund investing in American soccer, both on and off the field. Some of you might have read about FSV. It's a fascinating new business. Uh, but Richie, welcome. We're really happy to have you. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to it. Great. And our second guest is another uh, executive from Four Soccer Ventures, and that's friend of Columbia, Mark Karine. Welcome back, Mark, to the show. Oh, good to be here. Good to see you guys. It's good to see you. And to remind everybody who doesn't know Mark, since he knows about 99% of the people in the industry, for the 1% who don't know Mark, uh, I will remind uh, or tell them that he's a veteran of the media business and sports, having spent uh, around 18 years at ESPN, and he work, also worked at AOL. But he was really one of the key drivers of the digital growth of ESPN back in the old days of the aughts. Uh, when, when life was really different than it is now. Oh, Mid-2010s. Yes, or whatever. And, and it developed into the 2010s. Um, anyway, guys, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Since Richie is a first-time uh, guest, and we'd like to frame this discussion as best we possibly can, it'd be good to hear um, Richie's backstory and, and kind of the, the story of how FSV came about. So, Richie, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, well, um, first and foremost, I was uh, um, a multi-sport athlete. I grew up um, in, in, in the sport of soccer, um, 
as a youngster through ODP, through all the old sort of uh, um, systems that were in place um, back in the 70s and, and early 80s. I uh, was also a competitive ski racer and went to a, a sports academy that uh, produced uh, uh, many, many national team skiers, Olympians, and to this day is still producing a lot of top level talent. Uh, and um, ultimately uh, left the place called Burke Mountain Academy, went to Dartmouth College, played soccer, skied at Dartmouth, um, got under the orbit of a soccer coach by the name of Bobby Clark, um, who's well known in the soccer world. And um, that really sort of sparked my interest in, in um, the soccer education side of the game. And uh, later in life, um, um, wanted to invest back into the game and create some environments to help the sport sort of move forward. Um, and so for the last 10 years, I've been deeply committed to uh, uh, that endeavor through a uh, minority investment in Philadelphia Union, um, where we've launched, uh, as you said, uh, a, a youth academy system that's about identifying young American players, putting them in a good learning environment, and helping them maximize their potential and ultimately showcasing them in Major League Soccer. So uh, it's been my passion for the last uh, really 10 years. And, and, and uh, I think we're sitting on an incredible opportunity this, this decade with the sport of soccer. And, and Richie, talk for a minute about Four Soccer Ventures, the impetus for that, because I know it was officially announced less than a year ago. I think, I believe it was last November. Uh, and you've done some amazing things so far, we'll, and we'll talk about many of those, but just, just frame that out a little bit. Yeah, so I um, had been investing already through, you know, Philadelphia Union and, and pretty actively involved in a number of soccer related properties. And the thought was to sort of roll those up under one uh, umbrella and be able to continue to look at um, strategic acquisitions or partnership opportunities in really two areas. One, um, uh, in what I would call the product side of the sport. So anything that's related to sort of on the field. So that's player development, that's coaching education. Um, and the second area is in media, brand, and culture. And, uh, you know, thinking about um, how there's some really nice trends that are impacting the sport of soccer, the growth here, um, and how can we help brands and uh, uh, organizations and fans connect with the, with the American soccer consumer. So launched uh, for Soccer Ventures to attack um, both on the product side and on the media side. And if you say sort of what is the North Star for Four Soccer Ventures, it's this idea of pushing the relevancy of the sport further along, uh, making, helping to make soccer more relevant. And so if you think about that, how can we do that? You know, on the product side, if you're able to produce a Michael Jordan from the United States, imagine what that does to uh, the game in terms of kids wanting to get involved in terms of participation, but then also think about what that does from a media standpoint. So we are investing in product and trying to create environments that are going to allow young American talents to, to sort of maximize their potential. We're also um, zeroing in on the media side to say, hey, let's help brands think about who the American soccer consumer is and what that means and how they can um, uh, more authentically communicate to that consumer. So we sort of have a two-pronged two attack, but towards the same North Star, which is like, how do we make this game more relevant? How do we accelerate the growth that's already happening in the sport? So Mark, um, as Richie's has pulled all this together, and obviously you were one of the first people on board, along with Heath Pierce and a lot of other people, 
um, who are very prominent in the soccer world. How do you find properties and how do you know what the right ones are? Talk about some of the ones that you've already brought in under the umbrella. Um, but I would imagine there's, you know, I said the title of one of my future books is going to be, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So how do you kind of find those right ones and then talk about the ones that you brought in that fit already? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Richie hit on it a little bit in the introduction. It's, it's really about connecting soccer culture for us. So when we're looking at, you know, whether it's a potential acquisition, working with a brand, a broadcaster, a platform, whatever it might be, it really is about finding like-minded uh, people that sort of see the opportunity, want to see the sport grow for the right reasons. Um, you know, Richie mentioned sort of the, you know, the unity, the unifying principles around soccer, the community-driven elements that sort of surround the game. And so we look for those qualities in, uh, in people that we're, we're talking to. And I think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day for us, it's about finding passionate uh, soccer individuals that, uh, sorry, someone's waving to me, uh, finding, finding, the right, um, finding the right people that understand where the sport is going that want to see it grow uh, in, in the same way we do. But ultimately, you know, we want to help connect, as, as Richie mentioned, connect audiences, connect fans, families, communities together. And there's so many organizations out there that are doing this and it's, it's about finding the right ones that sort of fit. And, you know, in the coming month, we're going to have some exciting announcements and, and we've already started to do that with a, a few different brands and partners, which we'll, we'll talk about a bit more in, later on in the podcast. Okay, let's, just, to, let's just to just to add to that really quick, I would say that um, you know one one element that is helpful for us is that we are living inside this industry in a very real way and have been for many years. Um, literally from the grassroots, you know, mommy and me programs all the way up to the first team professionals at Philadelphia Union, we're involved in all the, across that full spectrum from an operating level, whether that's facilities, leagues tournaments, um, player development environments, schools. So a lot of ways that we're involved. So when you're in an industry like that, you know, then you sort of have that inside view on sort of what, what's happening in that space. And that obviously gives us a chance to differentiate ourselves. You know, um, um, uh, many of our competitors, you could say, that are, that are looking into this space, or maybe you're coming from a foreign um, perspective at London office or, you know, that are, are, are looking at sort of what's happening in the American soccer culture. And our sort of differentiating point is that, hey, we're from soccer, we're for soccer, we're literally like we grew up in the game. And so everyone who's involved with the company um, has that deep understanding of that landscape. That allows us to sort of talk with a little bit more of an authentic voice when we're talking about reaching the American soccer consumer. Because guess what? the kid who's consuming soccer at age 15 in Detroit is not the same as the kid who's 15 in Dortmund, you know, or Paris or anywhere else. It's like, you need to sort of, we need to, we need to um, present the game in a, in a uniquely American uh, way. And I think we have a good feel for that. So, you know, um, it's nice to be in the industry because that helps us sort of filter what opportunities make sense or may, maybe not make sense for us. Yeah, and that's that's great, Richie. And there, and, and for both of you guys, there's been some incredibly uh, impressive examples of the exportation of American talent, particularly to Europe, and even in MLS, as uh, Americans have been doing quite well. 
Richie, start, why don't you start by talking about that a little bit? I know even from your own academy, you've had success with certain players and certainly in general, uh, the best known example is Christian Pulisic, of course, with Chelsea. But it's kind of an, a, an amazing story right now about American soccer players really getting to the forefront of, of the game finally. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, so- soccer is obviously a massive global sports uh, sport. Um, uh, and from a, from a purely technical standpoint or player development oriented standpoint, you could say that North America is one of the last frontiers um, uh, in terms of where you can find and source talent. Um, and, and what's happened in the last 20 years in terms of the investment uh, into development and, and better coaching environments and uh, that certainly MLS is really, really stepping up in a big way with its MLS and, uh, Next initiative. Um, where they're investing and putting their money where their mouth is around sort of creating environments. But it's also the local soccer clubs and, the, you know, the little travel soccer club and everybody's hometown, right, that, that are all a part of this. So there's, there's um, been a tremendous investment. And I think that, that you know, for us, that, that investment is, um, leads to the to 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 sort of the opportunities that you're beginning to see now where you're seeing kids that are making the the, the leap over uh into european leagues and and we're sitting on a, a big talent pool in the united states you know if you look at the ingredients of our population our infrastructure the great athletes all those pieces that we have we have the ingredients to to sort of produce top level players and you're starting to see that happen um there are trailblazers that came before claudio reyna for example you know was one of those early pioneers that, you know, you could say carved the way for his own son, Gio, who now is doing so well in Dortmund. But without a doubt, the, the, the level is getting better in the United States because of the, what's happening at the grassroots level with that amateur club, the quality of the coaching, MLS is investing. So all of that adds up to um, the U.S. starting to tap into its potential. And, you know, um, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to be able to produce that type of Michael Jordan at some point in time. And when we do, think about what that does to media, think about what that does to sort of the relevancy of the sport. Um, so um, it's exciting times and you know we're still sort of kind of early in that process, but you're gonna see more and more kids making the leap because the talent is here, there's no question. Yeah, and Mark, can you comment on that too? Because as you're a former player yourself and you've been involved in the sports, the media side and marketing side of sports for so long, we all know to Richie's point that that makes a big difference. So even, it seems to me like maybe it's, it's a true win-win. So would the fact that Pulisic is on Chelsea bring more American young people to, uh, to Chelsea or to Premier League as fans, which would be a good thing, of course, for them, but it also is a good thing for just the general idea of American soccer having this um, higher level talent succeed on the global stage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. It's um, it's pretty amazing to see that the players and sort of the quality of uh, Americans playing abroad right now, right? It's it's uh, and, and Richie talks about you know you think about you know ten years ago you know when you look when you looked at the composition of our U.S. men's national team compared to now, I mean you have you know emerging global stars you know playing for the Bayern Munich, playing for Barcelona, playing for Juventus. It's amazing to think that a young American is playing next to Ronaldo right now. It's so, and then from a, from a media and business side, it's just, it's an awesome opportunity for, for brands, 
to connect with you know these these emerging stars and the way that soccer is consumed with you know gen z through social media and sort of the influencer community it's a it's a very uh different world now and and sort of the opportunity for you know a brand to connect with a younger generation of soccer fan you know in america one of the things that we talk about is it's a very fragmented marketplace so you can't just you know turn on a television and expect to get a 18 year old uh, Chelsea fan, right? You have to go to where they are. That old business cliche of fishing where the fish are um, is, 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 not, is, is more true in, in soccer probably than just about any sport, especially with the odd times that soccer is played. So yeah, the, the, the proliferation of, of Americans playing abroad, you know, playing at the highest level. You know, you had a kid like Alfonso Davies who's actually Canadian but came in through MLS, uh, you know, playing for Bayern Munich in a Champions League final. These are things that just were unheard of, you know, five years ago. So it's, it's, it's a really exciting moment in time to be, you know, around the game, in the game, working for a, a business that's committed to growing, you know, every aspect of American soccer culture and, and sort of building out the American soccer platform. So, so let's talk a little bit about the American soccer platform and actually Richie and Mark, you guys can pick different pieces of this. Because Richie, you have a rising star on the union who you guys have actually brought in to do a podcast on your platform, Mark, correct? That's right, Mark McKenzie. We, talk, we should talk a little bit about him. And then, you know, as the ugly American, you know, when do you guys see the transition coming where, you know, MLS is not talking about selling players, they're talking about keeping the young American stars home, which obviously, Richie, you're working on from the grassroots side. So talk a little bit about your rising star on the union and how that came about to, to create a media platform around him as well. Well, I mean, Mark uh, is an exceptional human being. I've known him since he was a, you know, a young little guy came, you know, bouncing in the doors. I think it probably the first time around 11 years old. Um, he is, uh, um, he's got a lot to offer uh, off the pitch. He is eloquent. He's, you know, he's very thoughtful. He's very, very intelligent and um, has always had a lot to offer off the pitch. And then you sort of match that with what he's um, bringing every day in training. Um, I know that he just continues to grow and, and he's, you know, he really um, is, is a phenomenal guy. And so it's great to see him have the success that he's having. And, and I think, you know, he actively wants to share his experiences as a young African-American growing up in, in, in this country and playing this game. And I think he's got a lot of relevant things to talk about and say, and so we're looking forward to sort of that podcast. But, um, you know, as it relates to sort of the, the second piece of your question about the, at what point does MLS get to, you know, the, the, the phase where, you know, they keep the stars home, so to speak. Um, you know, it's, it's the natural evolution of the sport here. You know, the league is only 25 something years old. So, so it, it, um, Right now, um, it's I'd say it's a you know clearly a top you know league in the world, but but when I say that I mean top ten you know, um, but it's not the Premiership, it's not it's not um, uh, Bundesliga yet, um, but it's growing incredibly rapidly and fast, and and so you know it's part of the natural evolution I think of where MLS is that they enter a phase where there is going to be a little bit of selling you know young players off to overseas, and you'll see some of those kids come back of course they come back and represent our, our our national teams and then over time um you could you could get to a phase where you're what you're alluding to is that you know we get so strong 
with this development engine that we begin to sort of move up the ranks, if you will, in terms of a, a world power ranking and in terms of the league itself. And at that point in time, you could see, you know, American teams saying, hey, no, we're going to buy the best Brazilians, best Italians and keep our best Americans. But we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's OK. I have no problem with that. I, you know, any of us who are involved in MLS are in for the long haul. This sport has got all the great trends that are blowing behind it, you know, demographics and, and where the consumers are, are moving. You know, it's just a lot of positive trends. So we're in here for the long haul. And that sort of doesn't need to happen in the next five years to make me happy. If we were, if we, the league continues to improve, if the players are sort of getting exported during this phase for a little bit, that's, that's fine by me. And Mark, we were talking about Mark McKenzie, but Mark Karine, can you talk about what makes him different when you put your media hat on? How is that different? And how do you kind of figure out he could be one of the ones who can help transition, you know, under four soccer ventures into a real property? Yeah. I think with Mark, as, as Richie mentioned, he's a, he's a super smart, um, savvy young player who's making incredible strides both at the Philadelphia Union, but also with the national team. And I think what's most exciting for me is, is somebody who's going to be out representing that podcast in the marketplace. Mark is connected to the entire current crop of U.S. stars playing abroad. So Mark has on speed dial a lot of the guys that I mentioned before. Um, and not only that, Mark is a, is a voice in the African-American community. So there's an opportunity for him to, you know, bring on guests to talk about, you know, whether it's, you know, the challenges and opportunities, you know, throughout uh, America, you know, and in, in telling sort of inspirational stories for young soccer players that want to, uh, that aspire to play, you know, in college and professionally and just sort of the connection points, the cultural connection points um, that, that he can address. I think if you're, you're a brand looking for a, you know, an exciting, fresh face that represents the next generation of American soccer fans and, and players and families, then you know, a guy like Mark is, is, is great. And he's, he's gonna be um, co-hosting the podcast with, with our colleague, Heath Pierce. And Heath is a former US men's national team player uh, had 35 caps, played professionally for Red Bull, played in the Bundesliga. So we see an opportunity to connect the past, the U.S. men's national team past, to the, the present and also the future, right? You know, as Richie mentioned, you know, we, our North Star is making soccer more relevant, but we have an event in 2026 will be the largest sporting event the world has ever seen when the World Cup comes to North America. So, you know, you have an opportunity to sort of build that story, connect with new audiences, new demographics, and just sort of tell the cultural story that surrounds, you know, the, the, the exciting time that we're living in. I know that you guys have FSV that is kind of a, a 360 degree view of what you want to do with the development of soccer in the U.S. Can you talk about this, I guess you could call it a vertically, vertical integration, the strategy you have? Because I know you've made some deals already, done some deals already, and, you're, and I assume you're looking at companies that are, are of different parts, yeah. from different parts of the business. Can you, can you talk about this idea, assuming I'm correct, describing it as vertical integration, but it feels like that's the direction you're going. Is that fair to say? Yeah, Richie, you want to take that or you want me to? Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I kind of look at it, I think it is fair to say, but I look at it in really two buckets you know bucket number one is um 
uh, again, if the North Star is how you make the sport more relevant, one way you could do that is be involved in the process of producing a Michael Jordan, right? So that product side of anything that's touching the field, the, the, the leagues, the tournaments, the, 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 the learning environments, um, being involved in sort of those areas um, with, the, with the goal of sort of saying, hey, can a Mark McKenzie make that leap? Can you, can you, can you create uh, an American player that, that goes on to be a global superstar? And if you do, what does that do for the sport in terms of its relevancy? Our theory is that it will help move a lot of people that are sort of on the fence with soccer. They'll tune in from time to time to more, to, to sort of wanting to be more um, participants in sort of consumption of the sport. So that's one. The other, the other bucket for me, again, is back to the media, which is how do we tell the story? How do we shine a light on a lot of the cool activity that's actually happening in soccer in America and the diversity of those stories? Um, and, and through that, um, can we build some excitement for the sport and help brands communicate more effectively with the consumer? So I see it as, you know, yes, you could say vertically integrated, but I kind of see it as this two pronged attack really to go at the same, uh, the same, uh, objective to accelerate sort of that growth that we're already seeing happening with the, within the sport. So Mark on, on that, for that second point, for the, the, the second, um, piece that Richie described in terms of the media, it, it obviously involves marketing to find our commercial opportunities. You need inventory, you need things happening. Talk, talk about what you've done since you started there last winter, which is when the company was launched yeah. and, and what might be coming up uh, for the rest of 2020 and, and, and a look ahead of 2021 in terms of your, your deals in that world. Yeah, I think, I think, Tom, we've talked about it a little bit, um, but like for us, it's really about building the American soccer platform, right? And that means being a part of the American soccer conversation in every corner of the country, whether that's a, you know, a, a team, a, you know, a, a parent, a player, a podcaster, a filmmaker, whatever it may be. If you're connected to American soccer culture, we want to be in that conversation. So that, that's why you know, launching a podcasting network made a lot of sense, right? So we can have that conversation. We launched a show called uh, Best Soccer Show, which is basically, you know, a, a couple of guys talking about, you know, what's going on in the world of soccer and just having a, a conversation around the exciting things that are going on. You know, so we sort of look at being a part of the conversation, all aspects, the community side of it, the media side of it. And within sort of Four Soccer Ventures, we have an agency. So, um, you know, we provide creative strategy, distribution opportunities for, for brands, broadcasters, leagues. Um, and we've built out an influencer network as well. So we're connected to the, the, the top soccer culture influencers in America that we can tap into for content to, you know, from a distribution perspective. So we kind of look at it, you know, we're building out, you know, con our own content uh, platforms and voice. We've got distribution channels, right? We're working uh, on storytelling uh, as well. And we have sort of the youth development side of the, um, the equation. You know, we haven't talked about it, but we also, part of the business in addition to the YSC Academy is a collection of tournaments, clubs, and teams that uh, we're connected to in the uh, greater Philadelphia area to the tune of 100,000 soccer families. So you sort of look at all those elements and then you look at sort of our acquisition uh, pipeline, as well as certain partnerships that we have with companies like Girls Soccer Network. So we see a big opportunity around women's soccer. We see a big opportunity around Hispanic soccer. We see a big opportunity around black soccer. You can you connect all of those things, all those ingredients, and you can take those out into the marketplace. And depending on sort of brand initiatives 
or KPIs or audiences you're trying to reach, we have that ability to sort of connect to all, all areas of, of the soccer universe here in America. And uh, along those lines, Mark, um, you mentioned the, the agency that you're, you've put together to really help, I would imagine, help big media companies look at um, how they can best embrace American soccer or the soccer properties that they get. One of the best examples, I guess, would be Champions League and what CBS has just done. And I know you guys, uh, I believe Heath was on a while ago um, talking about it, but CBS had great Sweet. success. Yeah. Um, are, there, are there ways that you'll be able to work with those type of media companies to say, look, you got it. Now we, are, we can help bring in all the things that we have on every level to help that grow. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate. We're, we're working together with CBS on their Champions League, uh, Europa League, and NWSL coverage. And, you know, having Heath on, it was just this past Wednesday with um, UEFA Champions League qualifying is, is just finishing up for the 2021 season. So, you know, it's been great. You know, a, a company like CBS that is, you know, committing to soccer, um, they are actually the first company to have Champions League for four years, I think, in a long time. So they they are... Um, you know, from a soccer perspective, you know, they're, they're committing and, and we are excited to, to help them along that journey. There's a lot of opportunities, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, it's a, it's a really strange marketplace. So yeah, from a, you know, it helps when you, when you have an organization like Richie put together where you have a guy like Heath Pierce, who's your chief creative officer, who also happened to play international soccer, a guy like Aaron Maines, who's our uh, COO, who comes from uh, Adidas market is soccer marketing, right? Guy like John Parker, who you who you guys have met too, who came from Generation Adidas, and and our president is a guy who was the former chief soccer officer at U.S. Soccer. So we have this ability to connect, you know, a company like CBS or other companies that we're working with to the entire American soccer community, which I think is is really important. It's small, you know, relationships matter, trust matters in this industry, as you guys know. And sort of our ability to connect folks, uh, you know, to, to various um, stakeholders uh, is, is really important because, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we want everyone to, to sort of to grow and we want the sport to succeed here. So being a relationship headquarters of sorts for the soccer industry is, is super helpful and, and beneficial. And, you know, it's, it really is, you know, it, it's about relationships and, and we're excited to, to help folks connect throughout the soccer community. You know, I, I'd, I'd add to that, Mark, that, you know, it was interesting for me um, when we spoke to CBS Sports about Champions League and about sort of providing that strategic service, you know, helping essentially guide them a little bit. It's obviously a sport they haven't had much involvement in. And so they were looking for uh, some of that authentic, you know, uh, stewardship, I guess, if you, if, if you, if you will. And they, they recognize that this decade, they're looking at it the same way we do which is you've got the World Cup coming in 2026, you have the Olympics coming in 2028. This is a massive, massive decade for, for, for soccer in this country in North America. Um, and so there's great opportunity that comes along with that. We know that the 94 World Cup was by far FIFA's most successful World Cup from an economic standpoint. 2026 is gonna blow that out of the water. And um, so it, it seems that it makes a lot of sense to, to, to sort of be zeroing in on what's happening and thinking about what do we want to look like for, for soccer ventures, you know, three or four years from now. Um, and CBS also shared a view that, uh, that with a long-term commitment towards the sport. 
And, um, you know, I think one of the things that's nice in our scenario is that we're, we're not walking and knocking on anyone's doors, sort of purely looking for a paycheck. You know, we're literally actually tied to the mission behind this idea of like driving the sport forward. We want to see it be successful. And we actually are investing every single day and living in the space. So it gives us, um, I think, a unique ability to sit down with potential partners and say, hey, we know about this space. We're, we're bullish about it. We care about it. We want to invest with you to help sort of, you know, communicate to, to um, consumers. So, um, you know, the, CBS really zeroed in on sort of the, this, this unique decade that we're looking at. Hey, hey, Richie, as the profile of soccer on American television has increased so dramatically over the last few years, going back to NBC getting Premier League, whenever that was, Mark, you probably know offhand, 2012 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear from you as someone who's been living in the trenches on the academy side with a lot of young players who are obviously soccer aficionados. How is their fandom, like young guys, let's say tweens and, and even younger, like Gen Alpha, how is their fandom for soccer being manifested in media and television? Like, are they becoming fans of MLS? Are they loving, are they loving Messi? Are they loving Pulisic and Chelsea? Like, what's going on with, with their attitudes about how they are acting as fans? Yeah, I would say one of the most rewarding things for, for me is that I am in an environment where I literally, my office is in our training facility. So I get to see these kids all the time. And um, I think they are um, more individual star focused than they are team focused. So it's Mbappe, you know, it's, it's all about Mbappe, not necessarily that Mbappe plays for PSG. Um, it's about Pulisic. It's about, it's about the stars, which is, is interesting. I think a, a lot of the footwear companies have something to do with that. Um, you know, footwear is all, also another area that is very hot that, you know, any 13 year old can tell you what boots such and such is wearing and, you know, when they change to this Adidas boot and that and the whole thing. So, um, but it is interesting sort of the, what I see just from the grassroots is the, the connection to the stars and, um, and, and versus, I'm not saying that you don't have fans of clubs and teams, but you know, the connections to the stars are, are, are definitely a big piece in the, those, those younger ages. Yeah, so, so that's interesting to the, to the point I made before. So the fact that the U.S. is in a position where it's now exporting more stars to other leagues, it's probably good. And, and I'd love Mark's opinion about this as someone who's, who knows a lot about some of the European leagues, including Bundesliga. It's, they've got to be very happy that some high profile American talent has kind of landed on their shores, so to speak. Yeah. Doesn't it help them market, especially in North America? Absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, something that we talk a lot about with, um, you know, with, with partners, you know, it, it definitely raises the awareness of, of your league, you know, having, you know, Gio Reyna playing in the Bundesliga certainly creates a lot more interest for, for American fans here. And it's, I think, you know, a point that we talk about, and Richie's talked about this as well, you know, at the end of the day, we want to create more soccer fans. Like, that, it's simple. We just want more people consuming, more people watching. If they're playing at PSG or if they're playing at Manchester City or Napoli, <laughs> we want them consuming more soccer media because, you know, the more you consume you, and you happen to have a team in your hometown, whether that's an MLS team, a USL team, or a local club team, 
you know, we, we think the, the sort of unifying factor bringing these communities together and sort of celebrating the sport is, is awesome. So yeah, the, 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 the opportunity for these various leagues to, you know, utilize the, the, the Americans playing abroad, celebrate, you know, what's happening around the world and sort of drive more relevance is, 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 is critical. And, and it's important and smart at the end of the day, it's, it's smart. And then, you know, when you look at, you know, the Premier League and what, what NBC is, has done and sort of making that sort of, uh, you know, that, that time slot on Saturday mornings where you have your coffee and you watch the Premier League, I think, and now you're, you're having, play, you know, American players in that league as well. It all, it all kind of comes together. And at the end of the day, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats for the sport here in America. And there's, as, as I've said before, there's plenty to go around it. Four billion people around the world consume soccer. So it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, to your point, it's, it's, it's all opportunity. Hey, uh, Tom, I realize, you know, we're probably, you know, we're gonna let these guys go soon, but we're about 45 minutes into this and we haven't talked about the now. We've talked about, which is great. We've talked about where, where soccer and where a digital is gonna be going going forward. But uh, Richie first, and then Mark, if you have any thoughts, uh, obviously with the union not having fans and stands, but MLS continuing on due to the pandemic. Um, since March, are there lessons that you guys have pulled out that you didn't think were going to be coming from both a, either an MLS perspective or a Four Soccer Ventures perspective that have risen up that will kind of accelerate the positive going forward? Are there things that you've learned uh, given the, you know, the, the place we are right now uh, with professional sports, especially in the U.S.? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're always we're always learning. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, sort of one thought that has been bouncing around in our head a little bit is this, if you step back and say, what is cool about soccer? Um, and if you go to, I don't know if any of you guys have kids that have played, right? But like, if you go to sort of the local little club team, the diversity that you see um, across uh you know, those little teams, you know, whether it's MLS academies or amateur clubs, um, that diversity is one of the really cool things about American soccer. And frankly, one of the cool things about America. And, you know, in some ways, I feel like those young kids are showing us grownups how the world should be because they're out there training and playing together and having fun and having good relationships and doing things together as a team. So I think celebrating that diversity um, is something that has been highlighted with us and just the importance of that um, and that how much that is a part of the fabric of what makes American soccer so special and so cool uh, and the sport so cool globally. So um, I think for me, um, you know, we're, we've got some initiatives in the works where we're going to be really diving down into that to make sure that we provide opportunities um, uh, for, for folks to, that, that, so they can communicate authentically to their communities. Mark, I don't know from your standpoint, but that's. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, from the, from the media side or just from the business side, Joe, I think what, what has been very clear to me throughout the pandemic is just how important, you know, relationships are and, and how, you know, people just want to, to have someone to talk to, someone to have a Zoom call with, and, you know, the ability to sort of connect with you know colleagues you know it's it's been and and you know we've talked about it it's it's a difficult time to sort of stay um to stay active you're not out having lunches and dinners in midtown and making those connections so 
you know, going out of your way to, you know, to, to say hello to somebody or, or to, to reach out and, and sort of keep those conversations going. And for us, you know, to be launching a business during that um, has been, has been sort of, you know, very revealing to me because a lot of people want to hear what we're doing. A lot of people are, are interested in soccer and sort of the growth here in America and how they can connect. And again, they sort of see, as Richie just pointed out, the, the opportunity to connect with diverse audiences. And that's, as I talked about before, why we're launching these various products and these, and these partnerships. And, and as, as you'll hear about in the coming months, you know, on the acquisition side of things too. So it all, it all sort of connects. And, um, you know, I think there's, hopefully there's, there's, there's brighter days ahead for, for COVID and, and for the country. And, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you guys experience it as well. So mm -hmm. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yeah. Hey guys, before we, before we finish with our last couple of questions, I just had one more um, thought and question about your media interests. So that second part of uh, Richie's uh, description. And I guess I'll start with you, Mark. So you, you talked about podcast construct and working with some clients such as CBS. Are there any other manifestations of a fledgling FSV media business that we might see that you can talk about? <laughs> there, uh, there are several in the works, Tom. Um, okay. We'd love to, I mean, Richie, I, I'll let Richie, I'll let Richie go. We're going <laughs> to have a lot more to talk about um, in the next month or two on that side of things. So, you know, maybe Richie and I could come on for a, uh, for a Thanksgiving follow-up. Sure. Anytime. Turkey. You won't have anything to do, so that'll work out well. So, you, so, you, so what you're saying is you don't want to break any news on this podcast. That's what I'm, that's what I'm taking away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I'll let, I'll, let Richie, I'll let Richie talk to that, but there is going to be some really exciting things coming that um, I think are going to sort of shake up the marketplace and, and, and uh, you know, there'll be very exciting new products and properties for us. Okay, then at least let me ask a, a part B of that question. How, how do you guys get your deal flow just through to your point, Mark, the relationships and Richie's incredibly vast uh, experience in this business. Is that how yeah. you're coming across opportunities or you're or having people come to you? Do you have target companies you're going after? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, I've, I've got the boss on here, so I am reaching out to people. <laughs> I am uh, good I'm answer. Still, <laughs> I'm still chasing and I'm still hunting every day, but no, it's, you know, I think, when you look at the, the team that Richie assembled, we're all very well connected throughout, you know, brands, agencies, and, and throughout the sort of media and soccer landscape, you know, so right. people hear about what we're doing. I think they're excited about having a new voice and a, and a fresh face uh, in this industry. You know, we're not an established media company. We're not, you know, we're not looking to, to promote, you know, baseball, hockey, whatever, whatever it might be like, we have one thing that we care about and that's growing soccer's relevancy in America. And we have the best creative minds that can help sort of solve problems for you. We can help grow leagues, clubs, and tournaments on the youth development side of things. Um, so yeah, I think when you're, when your heart is in the right place and you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, people tend to find you, but yes, I'm yeah. still, but yes, I'm still hunting. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my add to that would be that there is, it's all of those things, you know, you need to, to work your network. You need to have a clear idea of what you want and why you want it. And so then you, 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 you define targets, right. And you say, we want to go look at that. Um, so it's all of, all of those things. I think, you know, obviously the advantage of being inside the industry living and breathing and <laughs> operating in the space 
is helpful because it does provide us a network, but also an opportunity to see early kind of where things might be trending. Um, but there's definitely a systematic approach to it as well, where, you know, we have been thinking a lot about um, mapping the United States from a soccer cultural standpoint. So, you know, in other words, what is happening in LA um, and that culture to soccer is different than what's happening in Atlanta. And that's different than Chicago and it's different than New York and understanding those differences um, and really diving in and doing the homework to get in and understand these different markets, you begin to think about the, the, the United States a little bit differently. And then that helps uh, inform sort of where we might look and why we might look um, in, in a certain area. So, but it's to answer your question, it's really for me, it's it, you got to do it all mm -hmm. um, because, you know, opportunities aren't just going to fall on your plate. You got to go work for them. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and also as your profile raises, it's just naturally going to, there's going to be more stuff coming your way, I assume, which is yeah, good. I think too, yeah. Tom, so our, our head of content, the guy, uh, Burke Cherry, who I think I've introduced you guys to, you know, we just, we're connected to the creative community, right? There's so many creators in sort of America that just that have gone unnoticed, but we know that they exist. Like soccer is a subculture of subcultures. And we're fortunate to be connected to, to all those folks. And, you know, creativity, I've, in my experience, tends to win the day. And, you know, if you're connected to, the, you know, the brightest minds and the most passionate people, you know, you got a good story to tell. Yep. And the beauty well, of your name, obviously, leaves no ambiguity at all, which is great. <laughs> right. No, it's true. And, and, that's, you know, that's, and, that's and when you approach it with humility, as, as Richie said, and, and, you know, that, that just goes a long way. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the FSV plus streaming service launch next year, Mark. So no, no pressure. <clears throat> um, Joe, just occurred to me why the acronym FSV rolls so easily off our tongues. Yep. Cause I don't think I used, used to call it FSV until today for some reason. It's cause of fantasy sports yes. ventures and Chris Russo. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I just yeah. thought of that. I was writing, making some notes and I was like, FSV, oh, fantasy sports. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably get into the, to the finish show. You want to, you want to lead it off? Yep. Um, and Mark's done this before, but Richie, um, we like to ask two questions to everyone who comes on, especially given our audience. How do you stay current? What do you, what do you follow? Who do you follow? Uh, and then obviously with so many people now going back into the workforce, losing jobs or starting a new job, um, when, when people come to you and say, you know, what advice do you have for someone going through a career transition? What do you tell them? And Mark, obviously that applies for you as well. Hmm. Well, in terms of reading, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always reading and, and trying to consume as much as I can about what's happening in, in the sport. Um, but also, you know, I, I find sort of inspiration in other areas. I, you know, read a book recently about the American wolf, right? And, and its introduction into Yellowstone. And I can't help but read, no matter what the topic is, I kind of am always finding either a business or um, uh, sort of uh, development, education-oriented lessons out of it. Um, um, so, um, I'm, I'm constantly looking and getting into conversations. I, I, you know, maintain a lot of relationships with folks in different parts of the world, um, that are deeply involved in the game as well. And that's, I'm always asking the question of like, what's happening in France, what's happening in Germany, where's the game moving, where is it, how is it evolving? Um, uh, and so I'm, 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 I'm trying to be as much of a sponge as I possibly can be, uh, in terms of advice. 
you know, I think, um, you know, sort of understanding, you know, not, not, not being afraid to sort of um, think long and hard about what you're passionate about and, and, and finding that passion. Um, you know, in my case, you know, I've got an investment firm, but, you know, we had some successes there that led me to sort of be able to invest deeper into a space that I cared a lot about. And I get energized thinking about trying to move American soccer forward and how we can be helpful in that process. Um, and that because I have a passion for the sport and I have a passion for wanting to see it be, you know, a successful sport in this country. So, um, you know, I, I would I would encourage anyone that's sort of looking at making that next step to sort of step back and, and do the due diligence a little bit to ask themselves, what do they really care about? And can they go find opportunities in that space? You know, um, if they do, they're going to go to work every day, sort of energized. Um, and, and for me, you know, I, I know I'm excited to work in the soccer space because I, I because I love it, you know? <laughs> so um, that's my two cents on that one. Great. Great. Mark. Mark. Well, I follow Tom Richardson and Joe Favorito on Twitter. Okay, good answer. That's my. Okay, uh, that's I my, think we're done now. That's yeah. my usual. <laughs> that's my usual go-to. Right. <laughs> no, you guys know I'm like you. I'm a I'm a I'm a media junkie, so I follow and read, the you know the same stuff: the Journal, the Times, Digiday, you know, front office. Anyone that wants to write about four soccer ventures, give me a call. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. we. We tend to, um, you know, I tend to consume a lot of it. I think for me, you know, having left ESPN almost five years ago now, you know, it's also about sort of what's next. So staying on top of current trends. You know, I was fortunate to have, you know, do a little stint at Fullscreen, which is an influencer company owned by Warner Media, and I and I got to learn the influencer space um, through some people that really know and understand where that's going, especially as it relates to YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. So. I would say stay current, Tom. I know you talk about it in your class. Listen to podcasts. You know you can get you can learn a lot very quickly, very easily if you just you know if you just sort of pay attention and 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 know where to go. I think the advice that I give and I and I talk about it you know when when I when I speak in person. Hopefully, I'll be able to do that again soon at some point, Tom. But you know it's it's about writing. It's 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 sort of the it's sort of the basic blocking and tackling of communication. And I think that one of the things we're, we're going to be hiring people, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, Rich, you can talk about real quick before we go is we're going to launch a mentorship program. You know, I've hired graduates from your, from your program. And, and I think, you know, I, I tend to lean toward the, the, you know, the, the individual that can read, write, present, and comes across with passion and, and integrity. Right. And that's, that's really what we're looking for. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of folks out there right now looking to, to get into the soccer space. So we're, we're excited to, to sort of launch a new platform and, and, you know, connect with some folks. I think I'm going to be sending over a, a job description to you guys uh, as well soon. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of mine and, and just stay current. Don't get sucked into the same old, same old, be curious. Yeah. Good. Hey, before I close the show, we, we close the show. I have to ask um, Richie first. Beyond the Philadelphia Union and the Dartmouth Big Green, who's your favorite soccer team? Yeah, good question. Oof. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have one that I follow every year, sort of like religiously, this is my club. Um, but I do love um, the way that Liverpool is playing when Liverpool is playing well. I love the relationship between 
Klopp and his players and just sort of what kind of passion he brings to that environment. I love Leipzig and sort of the young, you know, because it's similar, um, the, the model of sort of young and uh, on the front foot. Um, and, and uh, um, you know, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just a fan of the, of, of the game overall because there's almost, you know, there's so many clubs in different areas that I have a, um, a passion for. I spent a lot of time at Barcelona. Um, so, you know, sort of understanding sort of their culture and, and their focus on development. So I can't give you one club, um, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take Liverpool. I happen to be a Reds fan myself. So that's good. And I do, <laughs> I believe I know Mark Ryan's answer, but I have to ask the same question beyond the Philadelphia union and the Iona Gales. Yeah. By the way, by the way, the Iona Gales who, who went to the NCAA tournament for the first time last year, plug for Iona there. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, okay. my answer is the Philadelphia Union too. I know beyond beyond <laughs> Philadelphia Union and Iona, who do you got? You know, Tom, I uh, I've supported Everton when I was a kid watching soccer in the mid to late '80s. They were they happened to be the uh, they happened to be playing an FA Cup final, and I and I sort of fell in love with I think it was uh, Paul Gascoigne or somebody. Um, so Andy thought, Andy Andy Gray maybe. Andy Gray, that's right. And, uh, you know, I followed Tim Howard when Tim was playing for Everton and sort of fell in love with, uh, with what Tim was doing and sort of, you know, his character and sort of what he stands for with, um, with his foundation. So I followed Everton. But, I, you know, I think it's really what's awesome about being an American soccer fan, and we talk about this in meetings, is the American soccer diet is different than everyone else. I can be a fan of Boca Juniors, which I am. I can be a fan of Napoli, which I am. I can be a fan of Everton, and I can be a fan of the Philadelphia Union. And I also am a fan of the uh, indoor soccer team here in Utica, which is where I'm coming to you guys from. And a guy who's a central New York soccer legend happens to be the general manager of that team. So I follow the, uh, the Utica indoor soccer team. So nice. I think it's just a, it's really, um, it's really unique because if, if, if I live in Buenos Aires, I can't say that I like River and I like Boca because somebody would, you know, probably <laughs> physically so assault you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome time to be a soccer fan in, in the U S because it's, it's acceptable and almost incur it's encouraged to, to support, you know, multiple teams. No, the there it is. Guys. Oh, I like the it. Answers, guys. Yeah. Well, I thought someone might mention Bayern Munich. I, I know if I ask oh, Joe Fab and Tom and Tom Cerny, they'll both say they, they kind of oh. need to say Bayern Munich because of our relationship with them. Yes, and of course we support Bayern. We know that we know the, the Bayern team nice. very well. And uh, and and by the way, they don't suck, so that helps. Them. <laughs> really, really. They just they just won the the Super Cup, and they yeah. they are a class organization and and uh, and, and really good folks to work with too yeah, yeah no, notice my answer liverpool and Bayern munich like gee <laughs> two amazing teams. And, now the anyway. and now the philadelphia union. and now the philadelphia union i'm going to root for the yankees and the cowboys i mean come on <laughs> so, so anyway <laughs> whatever right. it takes why don't you wrap us up tom all right man uh richie graham and mark run from four soccer ventures that was outstanding we congratulate you guys on launching the business last uh, early winter we congratulate you on the success you've had to date. And we're really looking forward to seeing where this grows. I, I agree with your assessment, which I know when I was talking to Mark when he first got the job about how the 2020s will be the soccer decade for, for sports in America. And I think, um, I think it's becoming more and more evident at e as each month passes, each new deal gets announced. It's really an exciting time. So 
we wish you well in expanding, growing the business. And uh, when we're back in person, we'd love to have you guys come visit. Uh, Richie, you're always welcome. I know you spend most of your time in California, but in, when you're in New York, uh, look us up. Assum right. Assuming we're out of the pandemic at some point. Um, yeah. But thank you guys, we really appreciate it. Uh, by the way, for anybody who wants to check out Four Soccer Ventures, Mark, quickly, what would you recommend? Yeah, foursoccer.com. Yeah, foursoccer.com uh, has all of our information. Um, I'm at Mark J. Harayan on Twitter. Richie, I'm not sure if you're on Twitter, but uh, yeah. foursoccer at foursoccer.com is, is the website, and you can find us on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have as, I don't, I'm not as, I don't post as, as witty as content as, as you guys do, but, you know, I try. All right. Well, thank you guys. I uh, really appreciate the time you gave us today. Uh, come back for that Thanksgiving podcast, Mark, to announce your new streaming service. Okay. We'll do that uh, in late November. Four soccer plus. <laughs> Four yeah. soccer. Just use the plus because then you'll be legit. Um, all right. Thanks guys. And thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. If you have any thoughts about guests we might want to have or ideas for shows, please hit us up at Joe Fav at Convergence TR or reach out to us at Columbia. Um, but thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.